0: G'day, I'm Rowan Mackey and I'm joined by my dad clinical psychologist Chris Mackey and this is Psych Speels and Silver Linings. G'day dad, how are you doing today? Good thanks Rowan and good to be
1: with you again for another year of the podcast.
0: Absolutely, great to be back for our second year which uh, we've got over our rookie season now dad (laughs) to uh, extend the sporting metaphors so good to be back for a second year but uh, good to be back as well with a topic which is hopefully going to be relevant for people today. We've called today's episode gaining gratification through goals so dad do you want to just give us a bit of a brief rundown what are we going to be chatting about today?
1: Okay, so the idea of goals and goal setting is very relevant in psychology generally. Like, for example, if people are looking for help with dealing with anxiety or depression or dealing with an addiction, often that involves goal setting. For example, it might be a goal of cutting back on alcohol use or quitting cigarettes or it could be a desire to... Feel less depressed might lead to a goal of engaging in more regular physical exercise, for example. Dealing with anxiety, it might involve a goal of developing a a regular technique like joining a meditation or yoga group to be able to reduce your arousal level. So goals sometimes come out of the person's purpose of seeking help in some way but I think also we thought of talking about this topic because it's a new year and often in the new year people are making resolutions and even by this time towards the end of January many people will not have followed through on their resolutions and many people become discouraged by that but that could be a pity because there's often a good purpose behind making some kind of resolution or looking to form an intention to do something different, to have a goal and so this episode's looking to encourage people to look to have some thoughts of a direction they'd like to do something differently but a little bit more confidence in following through with it even if it's adapting a goal that they've had and maybe
0: shifting it a bit. Well, as you said, talking about New Year's resolutions, I think it is something that comes up naturally at the end of the year as we finish off a year, have a bit of time, maybe off work, where we get a bit of an extra chance of reflection and can have a bit of a think about what are some of the things that we want out of the next year in that way but it is a bit of a cliche isn't it where you hear that the busiest week in the gym is usually the first couple of weeks in in january sometime and then it starts to taper off back to somewhat near normal levels towards the end of january and into february so clearly there is some obstacles that present themselves when following through with our goals. So I'm looking forward to, I suppose, populating some of the process in goal setting and and hearing about uh, some of the things that make it easier to follow through those goals today.
1: Yes, and I think what you're saying there, it hints at the importance of our goals coming from some kind of internal motivation. If we're going to follow through with something... It's important that it's meaningful to us. It means something to us, not just because we should come up with some resolution or because we think we should do something differently. It makes a big difference with following through with goals and gaining the satisfaction, the gratification that can come from that if they are meaningful to us, if they've come from within us, if we've got some important purpose behind engaging in that goal. So part of it is clarifying what our interest or purpose or what our values are in following through
0: a particular goal. And so why is it important to set goals? Because we've spoken about habits on the podcast before in terms of habits become ingrained with us, behaviors become almost automatic in a way. And it seems to me that the goals that we have are intentions to change those habits in a certain way. So changing those automatic behaviours to either be able to insert something that we want to do more of or remove something that we want to do less of. Yeah,
1: well, I think the main thing as you're talking about habits there, a lot of our everyday life is influenced by our habits. So it's partly to do with whether what we're doing is purposeful and it suits us. And so when it boils down to it, if we think of goals as being some kind of purposeful activity, then the idea is it helps if we can form an intention to act in a certain way. That will help us have, well I suppose we could say it will help us have good habits rather than bad habits. Generally good habits will be something which is purposeful that suits us, that it gives us, Maybe a sense of greater vitality or it helps our lives be fuller in some way. It helps our connections with others. It helps us achieve things that we want to achieve. Whereas a default position might be lapsing into habits that don't necessarily suit us so well. So some people might say, if we don't form intentions or have goals ourselves, then our lives will choose our goals for us. Oh, I have to do this, I need to do that for work or I have these family responsibilities or I need to get this done and that's not as maybe full or as vital a way as living. Maybe it doesn't suit us as much or feel as meaningful as if we choose more what we're doing and the direction we're going in.
0: And it's one of the most famous experiments from psychology, I believe, is the marshmallow experiment. His name escapes me who who did that experiment. But the idea that if you leave a young child with a marshmallow and you say, I'm just going to leave for five minutes. And if by the time I get back, the marshmallow is still there, then you can have two marshmallows. And it seems to be that there's a population of children who just basically want to hum into the marshmallow that's in front of them, and then there's some others who are able to delay the gratification in that sense, I believe is the sort of topic of the experiment in delayed gratification. So do you want to just speak to that a little bit in the sense of, is there maybe a natural tendency to go for the marshmallow, or is it almost split 50 50 in terms of some people will go for that first marshmallow whereas others will wait for the the two marshmallows later on
1: well certainly some people are more prepared to wait because they realize that there's more gain that comes later on but it can be hard to see at the time because again behavior change could be hard or changing habits could be hard or creating new habits and keeping them going can be challenging And so we might be foregoing some immediate pleasure or relief or gratification to have some longer-term gain. That would certainly be involved in giving up addictions or at times increasing our physical exercise or facing a challenging situation that we might have been avoiding in some way because of anxiety or whatever but I think that marshmallow experiment is a good reminder that sometimes greater or better things come to us or more good things will come to us if we persist with a certain direction we're going and if we have a way of looking at the long-term goal the long-term purpose so that's where understanding the why behind our goals why is it most meaningful to us why is that important to us that will help us keep on going
0: so can it then be detrimental to have too many goals because it seems to me there's an element for which goals are a way that we try and improve our life so can we then for example if we try and have a whole range of goals in a whole range of areas across a whole range of dimensions of our life, is that likely to lead to improvement in all of those areas or is there a balance to be found with goal setting?
1: Yeah, look, I think that's an important point and it's often worthwhile being pretty selective with having goals and not looking to put too much on our plate because when it boils down to it, if we have a goal and we don't reach it, then it can be demotivating. So the more goals that we set ourselves, then the chances are there are quite a number of them we're not going to follow through as we would have hoped, and so that can be quite demotivating. But there's something else that can be demotivating about goals, and that's if we hold it too rigidly. If we get sucked into thinking of a goal as being, oh, well, we need to achieve this outcome, then we're likely to be demotivated as well. So the notion of not achieving goals is demotivating. Either we've got too many of them or we have too much focus on the outcome. But if we think of a goal as reflecting an intention or a direction that we want to go in, And that might be enhancing something in our work life or our understanding of a certain field we're working in or it might be something to do with forming closer connections with others or increasing our social connections or it might be something to do with enhancing our leisure life in some way or taking up a hobby. With these different kinds of things, they also take energy as we've talked about it before, any kind of motivation and following that through takes some kind of energy. So I think it is worth being a bit selective and tending to pick out some, you know, like one or two larger goals or at times being able to focus on something that's important and meaningful, but understand our purpose behind it. So if our first way of trying to achieve that goal doesn't quite work the way we want, we can still think, well, I do want to further my work satisfaction in this way, but I still want to form a closer connection with these people that way or I still want to enjoy more creativity in my leisure life in this way. So the first goal that we might have tried to achieve those purposes mightn't have worked, but if we remember what our main why is, the purpose behind the goal, that's going to make it a little easier for us to keep going or we'd like to be more motivated to keep going.
0: And one thing that I'm interested with goals is actually what's involved in setting a goal because it's certainly not as easy as just picking something that you like and almost going for that seems to me there's an element of appraisal in terms of whether you're able to achieve something at times we can have competing imperatives so it can almost seem if if two goals that we have almost work against each other for example if we have a goal in work and a goal in social life even just the time that we allot to those two things can potentially work against each other in some ways so what's actually involved in setting a goal that is authentic to us how do we know if we're doing that
1: Okay, now look, I think this partly then gets to the theme of values and what is our purpose, what are our main desires, our main why behind having goals in the first place. But just as an aside, before we talk about values, I'll just mention when I was thinking about talking about the topic of goal setting today, I was thinking of that common expression that we have about smart goals. Choose smart goals. Many people will will have heard of smart goals where you pick something which is specific it's measurable, it's achievable, it's realistic and it's timely. So this is about the mechanics of setting goals and at first when I was thinking of goal setting and maybe in terms of new year's resolutions or whatever we could focus on some of those things that make it more likely that people will achieve their goals. But then the more you look into it the more you see the importance psychologically of understanding what are your values behind your goals. So when it boils down to it if you're looking to change something in your work setting so it might be I'll work on this project at work I'll spend x hours on it I'll look to impress other people with how I do it so I'm more likely to get a promotion we might think of that in terms of being a goal but it might miss the point a little bit and set us up for potential disappointment like for example if the project doesn't go quite the way that we wanted to or for whatever reason we weren't able to spend as much time that we said that we would spend on that project or we did the project very well and didn't get a promotion at the end of it all of those things might lead us to be frustrated demotivated or whatever but if we realize that our value behind the goal might be a sense of i want to be competent and helpful to others in what i do I want to provide a service that enhance other people's lives in some way. I want to feel a growth in my skills and have my skills recognised to the point that I can exercise them more in my work environment. If we look at those broader kind of purposes, if you like, and some of the values behind it of wanting to be competent, wanting to be helpful, wanting to... Uh, feel that we're growing in certain ways or drawing on our creativity in a gratifying way now if we're looking at those things then if that project doesn't work out we can still do things to be competent or helpful or be growing in our role if for some reason the outcome of the project is not what we want or we don't get the promotion in that kind of way if we have these deeper internal kind of goals or values behind them then we're more likely to be satisfied. So, for example, if in our social life we realise that our value is a connection with intimate, mutually supportive kind of relationships that we want to develop in our friendship life, well, it means that if we have a goal of joining a certain group where we thought that will happen... And that doesn't happen. Rather than being overly discouraged, we can think, well, what are other ways I can enhance my, say, social life and connections by meeting people with whom I feel like-minded, that we're genuinely interested in each other, that kind of thing. If, if you have an understanding of what your deeper kind of goals are, like, for example, to be competent, to be helpful, to be caring, loyal and supportive in relationships, if we look at these broader kind of values we have – then if we have goals that are looking to further those kind of ideals, and so if we value vitality, for example, so we're going to take up some physical exercise, well, if that exercise doesn't work out because we get an injury, there might be other things that we can look to do to pursue a sense of vitality. In other words, the deeper awareness that we have of the values or the purposes that we have behind the goals we set then the more likely we are to be able to stay motivated even if that goal doesn't lead to the outcome that we want or if there are other obstacles in our way and we have to develop a plan b it's understanding our deeper why that can help us with following through with goals and not being overly caught up with the outcome it's partly the process of pursuing goals that's important not just the outcome
0: There's two things there and it might be a pretty tough question in some ways but how do you identify those values and then how do you prioritize those values because it's one thing to even identify them in the first place which is not even necessarily the easiest thing in itself it can almost change at different times, even in terms of what our own values are from year to year or things like that. But, but then prioritising them as well is almost another level too. So how do we identify and prioritise which goals are most important to us?
1: Okay, there'd be two main ways I'd think of that. One to do with emotions, one to do with visualisation. It's just some practical ways of looking at it. With our emotions, the more important a goal is to us, then the more frustrated we'll be if that's not happening. So, if we're feeling stuck or we're stagnating or we're frustrated, that gives us a clue that there might be something else important to us to happen or something else important for us to do to feel satisfied. Or well, the other side of things is positive emotions. If we're feeling really excited by the prospect of doing something or we feel really. Moved or enlivened by the idea of a situation being different, for example, being able to engage in a certain kind of activity or have a certain kind of opportunity, then our emotions are a guide to us about how important things are. But another practical way of thinking about how goals might be important to us is if we visualize a situation. For example, if we've got a goal in terms of fitness, if we visualize what would be the result if we followed through with a certain fitness program, if we can see ourselves maybe walking up hills easier without puffing or if we can see ourselves enjoying running or engaging in a particular sport or if we can see ourselves feeling a certain way within our body you know, because we're feeling fit? If we can envisage things, or similarly, in a work situation, if we envisage ourselves as being able to achieve something or use certain skills in a certain kind of way, if we think, what would be the ideal kind of work setting for us in that way? What would I be doing? What would I be enjoying? How would I be relating to other people? So that's another kind of clue. And if we visualise something that really resonates with us, we get a deep feeling of satisfaction of, if I could experience that, that would be really worthwhile working towards. That would be another way of guiding us to what's important to us.
0: So, Dad, what can people do then if they're finding it hard to visualise their goals? Because I imagine a lot of people would come to you, for example, with depression, and one of the things that depression takes from people is those positive emotions for their values in certain ways. So, What can people do if they're in a situation where they're just not feeling those positive emotions? Maybe they're in a situation where they're a bit numb to the negative emotions as well and they're just finding it hard to identify some of those values because it's not the sort of thing that immediately comes to mind for everyone it's not as if everyone carries around a little card with all of their major passions and values in life and quite often as we said before that can change for people throughout life so how do people go about it if they're struggling to identify exactly what those values are?
1: Right. Well I I like that question because I think that's a deep question that you know, it gets me to think about it a bit more and, and yes I, I think you're right it is a it is a bit glib to suggest that um, as readily as that people might just be able to visualise this is my ideal work setting or ideal relationship and then thinking oh these are ways I can go about that. Oh, I think that's an important point. And when you mention, for example, people who are depressed, yes, you're quite right. When people who seek therapy and they're depressed, often people have got very little idea of even their sense of identity or their direction in life, and that actually adds to their pain. And their main goal is actually to become less depressed, but they haven't got much idea how to go about it. Or someone's goal might be to become less anxious or to quit an addiction, but not necessarily quite know how to go about that. So they're seeing a therapist to look for the strategy that can help deal with that but we're talking about something deeper aren't we in terms of values and identifying that which also relates to something we've talked about before the notion of destiny or what the romans called genius or the greeks called daemon having the idea of what we're for if you like in life and our values are partly what do we want to stand for And so part of our sense of destiny can be, well, what am I on this planet for kind of thing? And these aren't easy things necessarily at times to identify. And many people would take much of a lifetime getting more of an idea of what is important to them that way. And that's where I think it's really worthwhile and practical to come back to the character strengths. And that's where our podcast started with looking at identifying your signature character strengths and how we can draw on them the best in us to help deal with the challenges of COVID and lockdown. That's where this podcast started. But I think also if we identify and act on our top character strengths, that also is another way that can be if you like an alternative for considering our destiny or what direction might we go in, if we can engage in projects that draw on our top character strengths, our curiosity, zest, uh, social intelligence, kindness, if we act in ways in our daily life or even choose to act on our top character strengths in novel ways. Each day, think of one or two different ways that we can draw on our top character strengths. That's another way that can give us some kind of purpose or direction. And one of the things I like about that is it's not getting caught up with some specific goal or outcome. It's remembering it's the process of drawing on the best in us. It's just like the process of working towards an ideal. If we have ideals, it's to provide us with the direction. It's not to be an expectation that we should always meet those ideals, I will always be supportive or caring or responsible or competent. We're not always going to be able to live up to those values. We can still strive to, though, and find if we slip up in some ways, we can look to get back to that. But the same thing with character strengths. If we act on our top character strengths, that is going to be consistent with what's most important to us. That's going to be consistent with us being authentic, And sometimes if people do act on their top character strengths, just say if it was curiosity and creativity and they took up some new hobby or pursuit, who knows, that might actually lead on to some kind of activity that becomes paid work down the track. So I think that if people are unsure about direction in life, if people are not quite sure what's most important to them or what ideals they might have, I think going back to the basics that positive psychology exercise of identifying and looking to act on our top character strengths helps and we use this with people who are depressed when people have improved their mood to a certain point we've used the usual cognitive behavioral strategies or ways of helping boost people's mood once people are feeling a little bit more themselves again or more their usual selves we often introduce the character strengths and invite people to act on their top strengths in certain ways and that's ways that it can help people find more direction in their everyday life
0: and it seems to me the other point there is as we spoke a little bit about earlier a big part of goal setting is what's achievable and what we see is achievable and the other thing about using our character strengths to at least get somewhere is even if we get nowhere near the end goal we may only be say one month into a two-year program well in that one month you illuminate what is achievable so much more than if you hadn't gone through that one month process. You may be sitting there at the start going, you know, I, I want to set this goal but I just don't even feel that it's possible. So even engaging in thinking about whether or not it's possible is just going to put me in a worse situation than I even feel now. Whereas if we can look at our character strengths and think, well, what can I do? It comes back to that idea of what we've spoken about on the podcast before, of what can I do? Well, maybe you can just get somewhere, just get far enough for an opportunity to open up, which leads you to think, well, hold on. Actually, if I keep going in this way or if I change this in this direction, then it will be able to satisfy something that you may have had in the back of your mind that you did actually want to achieve but weren't really considering it because you didn't see it as achievable.
1: I think that's a good way of putting it. The thing that comes to my mind with what you described there is some of the positive energy that comes up from us having a positive purpose. Whatever our positive purpose is, it can be big, it can be small. If we can't think of something big, just have something small that we're considering at least because if we're acting with intention towards a positive purpose, well, it's better than life choosing all our goals for us, so to speak. At least that's some way that we're alive and choosing something about what we're doing which is enlivening or adds to our vitality or interest. I think that's part of the point. So actually, the way you describe that, It simplifies it for me a bit what goal setting is about. It's partly about choosing a positive purpose. And the main three areas that people are going to tend to look at in terms of having a positive purpose are like our relationships, so connectedness, about autonomy, and that can include what we do freely in our leisure time, but also being able to be ourselves and be authentic and draw on our own character strengths, so to speak. Regardless of what situation that we're in. And then the other thing is expressing our valued competencies. So that includes our skills and probably also drawing in our positive attributes and strengths that way. So there's some of the main kind of areas of life that people are interested in connectedness, autonomy, competencies. I'd probably add like physical and mental health too. Our fitness and health is important that way. And so Yeah, with working out what goals are important to us or how important they are, sometimes it's just starting somewhere and doing something and you put positive energy into one little goal and after a while, even if you've only half got there and you change course, but you've still got some positive purpose to you, one little bit of positive energy or goal or purpose can tend to lead to something else and something else and we see this also in therapy with clients. If they work positively in one area, it might be with fitness or a relationship or addressing negative thinking in a certain way. It tends to then piggyback onto other things or lead to other things that piggyback on it. And positive energy tends to lead to a little bit more hope, a little bit more encouragement. Even if the way people sought out an original goal didn't work exactly the way they want, it's going with the positive energy.
0: And it seems to me really that that aspect of... Choosing what to do in terms of breaking things down to a little bit more of a granular level, that seems to be relevant for all goal setting as well, not even just when you're struggling with goals. Because one thing that I wonder about with goal setting is quite often most of our goals are broad, they might be long term. They might be not necessarily as specific in terms of you might want to, for example, work in a certain area. You might want to have a particular lifestyle. But if something's so far in the future, we may not necessarily be as specific with those goals. And one term that I came across recently, which I really like, and Ronsley Vars is his name. He's a podcaster himself, actually, or both you and I. Yeah, I know Ronsley, yes. He has the term reps. In terms of it's one thing to think of your goals and it's obviously very beneficial and worthwhile to think of your goals but it's then what can you do on a daily level in terms of your reps or your repetitions or repetitive exercises that on a daily level will help transfer you to your goals. So I wonder, Dad, if you've got any thoughts on what are some ways that people can convert those almost longer form, longer time frame, broader goals into something that's a bit more achievable. Well,
1: in terms of the mechanics of achieving a goal, I think that's where smart goals come in, the idea of choosing something which is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and timely. For example, if you're looking to improve your physical fitness, well, next week I'm going to have at least three walks, starting from at least Tuesday and of at least half an hour each. And so that's a way I'll make a start. And then maybe down the track you might find that you're actually starting to jog, you're starting to run. Who knows, you might even do a half marathon. But you just start off somewhere, but it helps to make a commitment. Okay, next Tuesday I'm going to get up at 7.30 in the morning and I am going to do such and such. And it represents making a commitment to yourself. There's an intention through making a commitment to yourself and if it turns out that it was raining, seven days in a row or storms or you got some kind of injury or whatever rather than just give up the goal you remember it's still important for you to develop your fitness so then maybe you pick up another time the next time available to do something similar or adapt it. but again choosing something specific that you commit to and you pick the time where you're going to start it and whatever barriers there are you're going to look to follow through with that and work around them
0: And so then, do you have any tips for how to keep that commitment to yourself? Because, for example, you might think at 10 o'clock at night, at 6 o'clock in the morning, regardless of the weather, I'm going to go for a run. But then at 6 o'clock the next morning, you wake up, you're cold, you're tired, it's raining, and you think, oh, I am not the person who made that commitment. I'm staying in bed for a bit. So do you have any tips to help someone who may have made that commitment but a lot of the time with this sort of stuff it's not just about setting the intention it's about actually putting things in place to be able to follow it through easier so i was wondering if you had any tips or tricks for people to be able to follow through those commitments and intentions a bit easier
1: yes there are a number of things that really help in terms of behavior change changing ever any habit and the first one i would mention is some kind of monitoring So if you tell yourself, for example, you're going to go for a certain amount of exercise each week, noting down, maybe on a notepad or on a whiteboard on the fridge or something like that, ticking off any time where you actually go for that walk or whatever and then note how long it was, for example, 30 minutes writing it down. When you monitor things and keep a record of it, then it's motivating to keep going. That helps people increase a behaviour they're looking to increase or even decrease a behaviour they're looking to decrease. If someone's looking to quit smoking, start off monitoring the number of cigarettes and then looking at them reduce. Then rewards. Give yourself a reward for following through on what you're doing. It might be a material reward such as, okay, I'm going to buy myself tickets for a show or something like that once I've achieved this goal to this certain level. Or it can also be... More simply, a self-talk kind of reward. It's giving yourself your own version of a pat on the back. Or maybe you've also drawn on social supports. This is another tip where someone else knows what your goal is and they can acknowledge for you and give you encouragement for having achieved that. That's both some kind of reward that affirmation from a friend as well as it's drawing on social supports. But then I'd say one of the key things is build it into a routine. If you look to follow something through, just like when we started this podcast, for example, that was a goal to do a podcast, but it's only mainly when there's a certain day that we did it, there's a certain structure or time that we did it that you actually follow through with something and keep on following it through. So look into building routines and structure for what you're doing. You might even make it easier for yourself with routines. For example, if you are looking to increase your exercise, put out your clothes for, say, going to the gym the day before. So when you get up in the morning, it's all ready for you to go. It makes it easier to do that. And then the final thing I would say is allow yourself to review and adapt to change things. If it's not working the direction that you quite want, you haven't quite achieved the goal the way that you were hoping to or intending to, don't just give up on it of well why did i want to do it in the first place what was my intention so i i chose that goal rather than having life choose goals for me i chose that goal why did i choose that what was the meaning or value behind it okay if it didn't work out quite the way i wanted it first can i adapt or tweak what i'm doing maybe i didn't have as much time to do things as i wanted maybe i'll aim for a little bit more of a modest goal or maybe I'll find an extra time to fit in each week to maybe make up the extra or otherwise adapt it in a certain kind of way. But I think they're the main things, the monitor, reward, build it into routine, draw on social supports and then be prepared to review and adapt. Don't just let go of the goal in the first place if it was important to you. If you feel frustrated or disappointed from not having followed through with a goal, including a New Year's resolution... Well, think of what it was that you wanted to gain in the first place and let that frustration tell you it was important to you. Let it be a personal project to take that intention and adapt it in some other way.
0: Well, Dad, just to finish up here with goals, it seems to me a little bit from what we've spoken about today There's an element to goal setting, which is a little bit in terms of you have a bit of reflection in terms of maybe something that you'd like to change, something you'd like to introduce, something you'd like to reduce doing. Then you set your intention for how you'd like to do that. And then basically we're trying to stack the cards in our favor, for lack of a better term, in terms of being able to achieve that intention. So I suppose just to finish up, do you have any more maybe clues as to what some of the major barriers that people would come across would be in completing their goals? Because I think we've covered off now, we set our values, we've set our intention But it would be good to just give us a bit of a sense of maybe what are some of the other barriers that people could come up against so that we can all mitigate against that. Because I'm looking forward to putting my new goals in place in terms of my New Year's resolutions that are starting in mid-January. But just to finish up, it would be good to get a bit of a sense of what else might stand in the way of achieving those goals.
1: Okay, so there we think of internal barriers and external barriers. so the external barriers might be we didn't have as much time as we thought that we had or or we became injured, and so you know we w- weren't able to do it at the time that we said, or or maybe we need some kind of other supports or knowledge or information training or whatever to be able to achieve that particular goal. so they're the external barriers where we might need to call on extra supports or Allow for more time down the track, something like that. But it's the internal goals in some ways that are the most relevant for getting in the way. And it's worthwhile allowing for these. If we've noticed these being a pattern in the past, and they are for many people, watch out for these. The first thing is procrastinating in the first place. But when we procrastinate, it's often because we might feel the expectations are too great. It's hard to attain the goal and so that might be a situation where either we think again about well how important is it to us, you know, like what is our level of commitment, are we prepared to commit to this, we said we were, is it that important and if we do look to recommit to get around the procrastination or is it possible we're being affected by perfectionism, are we aiming a bit too high? Would it be better if we broke it down even a little bit more? And one example of that with perfectionism is sometimes if we're struggling with a goal, instead we could think, what's the smallest, simplest little step I could take in the next day that could help me achieve this goal or purpose? What's some tiny thing that I could work towards maybe in doing the next day just to warm up a little bit towards it. In other words, think small, think doable, just make any kind of start. Then you've got some positive energy to build on. And then finally, I'd say I think one of the main barriers to people achieving and following through with goals is a lack of compassion. And we have a podcast episode on p- compassion as well that looks at this that we have a drive system. That's partly our goals, setting goals. It's our drive system. I want to achieve this. But there's also, a fight and flight like a threat system and whenever we set a goal that partly activates a threat system if the goal is almost too much of a focus for it oh I have to achieve this goal then it's not just drive but it's a threat oh what if I fail with it kind of thing so then we also need to bring in our calming or our our safety system our self-soothing system that means use self-compassion be fair with ourselves. Say, hey, it's hard at times changing behaviour. Okay, I slipped up on that. Many people might. But at least I had to go in the first place. Hey, maybe I've learnt something from that anyway. Maybe it wasn't the right timing just now. But hey, it is important to me. I'm not going to get too stuck into myself. You know, I'm going to give myself a little bit of encouragement. Maybe I can get back to that. So, in other words, watch out for being a bit too self-critical. Having some compassion. Let ourselves learn from our mistakes rather than being self-critical. And, and that's where sometimes we use that term about failure can be a helpful thing. Learn to fail. In other words, learn what we can gain from our failures. Maybe we were aiming a bit too high in the first place. Maybe we did need some other kind of support to help achieve the goal. But again, learn to fail rather than fail to learn. <laughs> Just because we've slipped up in a particular situation, that doesn't mean we have to give up at that point. If we had a positive purpose and intention in the first place, the chances are it was something that's worth following through. And um, yeah, so that'd be the main tips, along with if people were interested to listen to that Mobilising Motivation podcast, which has a number of strategies from the field of motivational interviewing to help people follow through with goals as well.
0: And that episode that you mentioned with a bit more information about self-compassion was Drive Soothing and Threat, Seeking a Synergy of Systems. So I believe it was one of the early 20 episodes that we did. I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but uh, please feel free to check that one out if you're interested in a bit more information on self-compassion. But thanks so much for chatting with me about all this today, Dad. I must admit I didn't have a New Year's resolution for this year, but I'm really thinking I might have to get back to the drawing board now.
1: Right then, Rowan. Look, I can mention, to your own too i felt the first time coming back for 2021 i felt a little bit rusty today but i like our resolution if you like of following through the podcast fortnightly and keeping that going so i hope that practice kicks in a little bit further and um and i look forward to the next episode
0: so as we said at the start of the podcast, very much looking forward to another year of doing the podcast with you, Dad. And if there is anyone out there who's interested in a particular topic, please get in touch at podcast at We'll have all of the resources for today's episode and all the other episodes up there on the podcast page for the website too. So thanks so much for chatting with me today, Dad. I look forward to the next one.
1: Look forward to then, Rowan.